I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Matters. And my guest today is Trevor Torrance. And I met Trevor, we have a similar background in that we have a love for all things relational and emotion based on emotional intelligence. So up front and declaring that straight up, Trevor, how are you today? <laughs> well, from a relational, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a really great space today. Yeah. <laughs> today being a day. <laughs> it is like none other. It's, uh, it's another day. We're here. We're present. And uh, I think it's just a beautiful way to be able to connect. And I'm, I'm going to thank technology for bringing us together mm. uh, when uh, most of the world is still in, a, in an isolationist policy, really. Uh, the pandemic is still going through waves. And uh, I know, Trevor, that uh, pre-COVID, you got up to some pretty special um, things in your life and your work. So why don't you give us a rundown of what it was you did pre-COVID. <laughs> mm, that's a long history. I'll cut it really short. Um, so I guess my my I guess my career, for want of a better word, um, started out as being um, an athlete. Um, so I was I was I went to the Institute of Sport when I was sixteen. Went straight into playing professional basketball after that. Um, represented Australia on and off over that period of time and then kind of came to the a climax around 28 where I realized that there had to be more to life so um, didn't really have a clue what I was going to do so I happened to see a sign on the side of the road that said um, if you want to see a, um, a psychic or an astrologer go in so I did go in and see a psychic and astrologer um, which was a really intriguing process um, and I ended up following her guidance and studying naturopathy and massage therapy um, yes. and loved that really loved it and it's it's it and it just did come like second nature it was almost like it was what I was meant to do with my life um, but you know, I came from a, an athletic point of ground point of view, and I was a, I still had that mindset of performance and success and reward. Um, so, found myself massaging in call centres, and all of a sudden working in the call centres. Um, quickly, kind of moved through being on the phones to being a team leader, to working in um, at that time and I think it's somewhat still called learning and development but it's you know people I guess I see as people and growth mm. um, and sort of moved around in that sector and, and ended up working for a company called HSBC who were just amazing for me um, they were amazing because they're a global company um, and I remember my third day in there I was surfing their internet site and I saw 
that in they had a global office and they had global roles around leadership capability and talent management and I remember saying to myself oh that's that's where I'm going next and and I got there after about three years or something like that so you know the that whole you know that 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 uh, intrinsic motivation that you have and you develop very early, particularly as an athlete, really was my driver through the corporate world. But eventually I kind of, I don't know, what. one day I read a book, um, which was an amazing book about the indigenous culture and healing. And um, something lit up in my solar plexus. And it was the same thing that lit up in my solar plexus when I was doing studying naturopathy and massage therapy. And so I made the decision to kind of step out of working within corporate, um, start to work more for myself and sort of did that a little bit, but sort of went back into consulting with a company um, and then eventually just took the leap prior to COVID, literally <laughs> three months before <laughs> COVID hit. And um, and like so many of us, my world was disrupted like it had never been or hadn't been probably since I was a very young child. Um, and so a new journey began of self. Um, and not that I would recommend anyone need to go through this, what we're, we're all going through at this point in time, but um, it has been a gift. Um, no, it's interesting you said it that way, because many, I feel, around the world would say this has been a disaster, and they haven't been able to view it. And I do understand in saying that, that there are many countries who have been far more affected with, with the pandemic virus than, um, than Australia has. So the gift I think we got may, may have had a number of sides to it. Um, mightn't have been a, a one-dimensional gift at all. It was probably multi-dimensional. Mm. I just love that little pricey of of you pre-COVID and what you you got up to. And um, I have uh, a, a great love of finding people who are just ordinary guys and girls like you and I who are doing quite extraordinary things. And when we look back on it, you don't think it's extraordinary. Mm -mm. We all have a story. And the thriving stories matter. They really, mm. they really do matter. And uh, looking at, you know, your uh, obviously athletic giftedness to be able to represent Australia um, and have trained at AIS well at 16 years of age. I mean, that's a significant amount of time you spent in the area of representing <sighs> sport, 16 to 28. That's that's quite a chunk of time, isn't it? And their formative years. When you're still developing as as a man and an adult, um, so they you you would have some fascinating um, memories and recollections of performance enhancing strategies. Mm. I agree. I agree. I, 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 one thing I would pick up on what you've just said, and I totally agree with the two things that you said that really sort of came to my mind the first one was when you were talking about you know the gift element and then and how you know it's it's different for different this whole pandemic has been so different for every single individual and you know i i, I would like openly acknowledge that the gift that i got came with a whole lot of 
<laughs> a whole lot of baggage and 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 pain and hurt, but the but comparatively to what I know in the world and my friends around the globe and in various countries, it's nothing. But I I choose to look at it as a gift because I now have a lot more ease in my body. I have a lot of ease in my my way of looking at life, and and I I've progressed as an adult to a different level so I think that's that's my gift but I totally acknowledge as you say that there are many others out there um when you said earlier about that the thriving leaders and 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 I you know I think fly, thriving and flourishing are two very powerful words and particularly for individuals no matter whether it's self-leadership leaders leaders of others or whatever but I, I'm a true believer that you can't flourish and you can't thrive unless you spend some time reflecting oh. and, you know, immersing in that and feeling, having that immersion of self and, and challenging self about, you know, is this true? What's at risk? You know, if that was true, then what else could be, you know, really diving into yourself and, and you know, not beating yourself up, being more accepting of yourself, and and knowing that you're you're not flawless. It would be awful if you were. <laughs> That's it. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I grew up in a family um, that you really didn't do a lot of soul searching. We were kept busy. Mm. It was it was a busy world, and we had responsibilities. So responsibility mm. and busyness. This is not a criticism. It's an observation, mm. and. Um, I remember um, if, if you took some time just to to just sit, um, it would be, isn't there something, isn't there a job you could do? <laughs> and so we, we grew up in a news agent, so there were there were six of us and uh, we learnt customer service in the news agent, plus we mm -hmm. helped build the family business. Um, but, you know, you caught... It was usually a Sunday afternoon or something like that, that that was sort of your time, if the gardening had been done, if the, the jobs and chores had been done, um, and then you could pull the, you know, get the books out and have a read. But I do remember us being um, surrounded by good music whilst, nah. whilst we did all this. So I have a thing for music, um, but I it's, it's an interesting thing when you look back on it, you go, a lot of my strong memories of of growing up in that business are based on on the music and the and the LPs and the records and um, what it, what it meant for us. So when you look back, that's why I brought up the point about um, the performance strategies and the skills that you would have developed at AIS and then in your representation. Is there something that is still an innate part of how you do business today? How you how you show up daily? Is there anything still there? It's mm, a really great question. Um, I would say, undeniably, I am still um, somebody who um, is, is a firm believer in setting goals, having clear, structured goals. Okay. Um, but I think what I've learned in my time, particularly particularly I think once you come out of the corporate and if you choose to work in your own world and you're up for your, yourself, um, what is not so predictable is the outcome goal. Yeah. What is more predictable is the process goal. So having an outcome goal is wonderful, 
but actually where you need to be more comfortable in getting your your motivation and and your your sort of tap, tap you know slap on the back kind of thing is is from the process goal because when you work for yourself you have no idea what the outcome's going to be at the end of it it's That's just it. i mean i i i had a goal you know to set up my own business and i knew exactly where it was going and a pandemic hit and <laughs> <laughs> that was that so then it was okay well what what does it look like now oh i actually think you bring up such a good point because um, like like many of us, um, we had all our business wiped out. Um, mm. So you, you're then looking to, to, you know, I hate to say it, the word pivot. Some people want to put their fingers down their throat when they say it. But we, you really did have to sit on one of those big octopuses at the local fair, get in the cabin, let them start the end, let, let them start it up, start button, and start to swing around and go in and out and around and around and go, where am I going to get off? How's this going to play out? Um, you know what? Where where can this lead me to? The next? Will I go into the Big Dipper next time, or will I actually go to somewhere that's that's mm. a little bit calmer? So I think you bring up a great point about that's the process goals are often very predictable. We we've got some control over there, but we have to be more comfortable with the unpredictable outcomes. Absolutely, and mm. I think you know the thing that I learned last year, and it it touched on your earlier point about. You know, being from a family that was, there was always things to do, right? And so, um, and and we grow up, and I think we live in a world, and we're starting to get back there again, unfortunately. But you know, it's all about busyness, um, mm. and actually to thrive and to flourish it takes reflection. In order to reflect, you have to go from a doing state to just a being state where you just you just allow yourself to be and and that's where you know the, the beautiful eastern philosophies really step into their own here because that 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 balance that's that beautiful dance between doing and being when you find that integration <laughs> point is when you get that um you get your sweet spots of of success <laughs> and that success is defined very differently to how you would normally do. Oh, is that? I know, and um, our listeners may have a, a, an inkling of an idea that um, finding a space is to really explore your own values, your beliefs and your assumptions is critical for anyone who's leading, say, a family, leading themselves, leading other people, whatever industry or business that they're in. And, I'm, uh, and I know I want to ask you about what you have discovered and been able to put in place around these spaces um, this year uh, because I have, a, I have a similar interest and I really believe that mm. the more, the more self-motivated and self-directed we can become, to go into those spaces to actually look at our being and what we're becoming, it's critical for how we lead. So mm. tell me, tell me what happened. This <clears throat> yeah, it's it's true. It is. It's it's very true. Well, I mean, I mean, my my personal story in the COVID thing was, you know, um, I through what you've just heard in my story, um, I my success, who I was, was defined by things like success and high performance and 
um, financial gain and all the all those areas because that's how I that that's how I defined myself. It was how I got to be where I got. It was my it was my motivators and what motivated me for that to be like that was was a form of protection because of childhood mm-hmm. traumas and stuff. So you know the way to get myself out of yeah. being feeling the hurt, which wasn't true at all, it still happened, but it's like I use these as my motivators. You know, when all of a sudden your diary is completely blank and there is nothing on the horizon, so there's no money coming in, you can't define performance because there's nothing to to measure yourself against and there is no success because your business is not making money, all of a sudden I was left sitting, staring at walls. and I think we had this conversation. I said to you, the turning point for me was one day I just basically gave myself a kick in the ass. And I'm very fortunate. I live um, in the country and I'm surrounded by national park forests. And I went for a walk. And the first 15, 20 minutes of that walk was um, very blurry because there were just tears. There was just tears. I couldn't see. I was just crying. And then as I was sensing things, like I heard a lyrebird, um, and then I could hear black cockatoos above me, and then there was a breeze, and then there was, and I could start, and so my senses started to come into place. All of a sudden, my eyesight kind of cleared up. And instead of being blocked by walls, I could see space. There was openings, there was, and within minutes, I was having ideas. I was having, you know, things were going off in my head. I was, even as I'm talking about it now, I can feel that, you know, that, that moment where the hairs in the back of my neck rose. I, I all of a sudden went back to what's possible as opposed to what wasn't. Um, and so my big learning um, from last year was that actually being outside being where you are not constrained by walls and solid form does allow for creativity, mm-hmm. does allow your mind to, to, to wander and does start to bring the balance between the, neck, the, the left and right brain and between the, the fight, flight and fear and what's possible and everything just starts to become a lot more fluid and less constrained. You've just given an absolutely beautiful description. So I thank you for that because it's very personal. It's it's intimate for you for what happened. So I thank thank you for, for saying that. When I alluded to the fact that we have a similar interest, um, I will never forget, and I'm probably going to do it as I speak because this is what <laughs> happens to me. Um, when I took a, a group of leaders up to Arnhem Land before COVID, um, a similar thing happened. And every time I talk about it, I have a memory of walking um, on, on country, of being greeted. Greeted. Um, I have a memory of colour. I have memory of arms around me welcoming me to, to country. And it was a very interesting concept of being welcomed by some Yolna elders who said, welcome to our country, your country and my country. And, yep, 
just done it again. I've got goosebumps on my on my actually my legs have gone. Um, but it's and I get quite emotional uh, because it it's it seems like I was only there yesterday. Now that's that's over time. That's over a whole lot of uh, <laughs> emotions, a whole lot of change circumstances, and I can't wait to get there again. And hopefully we will get there this year as well. Um, but it's it's that place where you have you go with the flow. Mm. You go, you you get quite, and you can feel the struggle in yourself to go. Really, is this this is what I'm meant to be doing? And it's when you let go and you trust that, mm. you trust yourself and you trust those that you're with. Well. You know, I would say that those magnificent gang gangs that you you heard, and the lyrebird, and the and the trees and the breeze, they were all there with you in spirit. So, and for, for some people, that may sound a little bit strange for them, but you and I both know the spaces that we can create are critical to how how we are becoming, and that's what the life's journey is about. It's your soul journey. <laughs> it is so true. It's so beautiful. So true. So you've had um, an, uh, a few interesting trips this year, and I want you just to give us a bit of an idea it doesn't of. Doesn't stop. <laughs> what? Hey, I know. Uh, give us uh, our listeners a little bit of an idea of if we came with you, Trevor, on a walk, on a walking retreat or a walking immersion. What what are some of the things that we'll be doing with you? Um, well, the, the, the walk is, um, it's not an easy walk. So it's, um, it's about, it's a long six foot track. So you start the walk, walking down, basically down the side of the Blue Mountains. So it's incredibly beautiful, picturesque. Um, and then we walk part of the historical six foot track. So it's full of bushland and, and vineyards and things like that. Um, Along that journey, we give you, we invite you to a series of um, opportunities. So um, uh, we do um, some, we'll give you these, give you some cards which have questions on them for you to just ponder. Um, and then we'll meet and then no, and then it'll be a silent walking. Um, and then we'll go into the next, we'll stop and then debrief that and have a bit of lunch. So, so the walk in is, is, is um, and then the walk up to camp is quite a difficult walk. It's a seven K pretty much straight up. And that's, that's deliberate, you know, um, it's deliberate because often our bodies hold a whole lot of information that we don't tap into. And so when you're pushing it, it's that somatic piece that starts to bring things to surface and you can start, so you start coaching people through what's coming up for you here. Where, you know, what are you feeling? What are you sensing? Where else does this show up in your life? Okay, you know, what do you normally do in a situation like this? You can't stop now because there's no camp. So, so it's all that, you know, there's, and so there's all those sort of things. The Saturday is again, um, all invitation. Uh, so we start off with beautiful, uh, yoga practice, meditation and yoga practice. Um, we then um, step into have some breakfast and do a couple of hours of nature therapy, which is um, Japanese based, Shinrin Yoku. Um, and it's just a beautiful, uh, 
slow invitation of using nature as a messenger. Mm. Um, and then in the afternoon after lunch, we have a bit of a uh, do some hypnotherapy and some inner child work, um, some massage therapy and Reiki. Um, evening is just sitting around the fire and having chats about what's what's surfacing for you. And then we walk back out the next day and and at the end we get to sort of leave something behind and it's, you know, what have you left behind? What did you take in with you? And what have you now left behind? And um, it's quite symbolic. It's absolutely a beautiful uh, three, it's three days, yeah. Mm, yeah, mm. three days, a beautiful three days. And I would say to anyone listening who's interested in this, this isn't self-indulgent. Mm -mm. This this is actually what we all need, I believe. Um, and depending on your level of fitness, um, you would be making a decision. But there would be other things you can do depending on your fit level of fitness. Yes, that, yes. That perhaps is not as um, arduous as the 7K walk. Um, Trevor, I'm not sure. Most Every now and then I'll just drop a little line and say, every one of us has a Kokoda. And, <laughs> um, for, for my 50th birthday, I gave myself a gift. <laughs> and I walked the Kokoda track up in PNG. Wow. Yeah, and I, I would say to you, I have four absolutely beautiful living assets and seven little Australians at the moment. Uh, but I would say to you that walking the Kokoda track was the most mammoth thing I have ever done in my whole I life. I can imagine. And How did uh, you feel at the end of it? How do you feel about it when you talk about it now? I can still do it. I can still go back there and I just go, wow, I'm so pleased I did it then. And yep. the group that we had, there was 60 of us divided into two groups. Uh, the first group, um, we we got uh, we walked from Owa's Corner up to Kokoda. The second group were airlifted up to Kokoda and walked back and we met in the middle on the track. So there were 60 of us in total. Now out of our group of 30, five out of 30 were airlifted out. I wasn't one of them. Wow. So the first afternoon, uh, someone, one of the boy, uh, one of the gentlemen um, did his patella um, as he, we were going down to the first creek crossing. He and his, had, his sister had wanted to do this with him. He'd done it previously. She, um, she had lost half her body weight in training to do it with him. Wow. So he got airlifted out that day. So that was our first introduction, our first day. Someone's already gone. I'm going, holy dooly, what's going to happen <laughs> to you, Carrie? You know. so, so second day, she goes to the, to the leader and says, I actually can't do it without him. I can't do it. So they, they realised that she wouldn't be able to do it. So um, they, she went home. Two days later... One of the young girls that was on with her dad broke her ankle. Ow. Up at, uh, so she that we had uh, in one of the villages where there's a little um, uh, um, runway just on the side of the of the of the ridge. So she got airlifted out, and about six six of the trekkers, six of the the porters, the the local guys, um, they carried it off the mountain. So she and her dad went home. So that's four, right? That's <laughs> in three wow. times, and then. And then one of the other girls, um, she got a scratch on her leg. Got worse and worse. And they had to airlift her into Port Moresby Hospital. And so she got put on a drip. So cellulitis. Mm. Um, her leg was so bad that it was black and came very close to being amputated. 
but she'd got they put her into Concord Hospital. Now, all the all the people to come home. I just look at that and I go, why did you make it? Mm. How come you made it? Because my my porter said to me, Carrie, the guys are talking about you. As we came into Kokoda on the last day, the guys, he said, all the, all the other guys are talking about you because we could have this conversation. They're all coming towards you. You're swapping over on the track. And he, I said, well, what are they saying about me? And he said, they think you're one strong woman. <laughs> they had you pegged for going home early. <laughs> they sort of done a whole thing about it. And I went, because it wasn't about the physicality of it hey. only. Mm. A lot of it's about up here. Mm. Yeah. And so the integration of mind, body, and spirit. There you go. And I lost I lost seven toenails off my feet. I lost Lucky had three left. <laughs> Lucky I had three left. Yeah. Ten toes. And then, then I lost all the skin off the back of my heels. So it's an interesting thing that there was physical pain as well whilst I was doing this. Mm. Mm. But it was, I believe it was the triaging that we did of each other. Mm. nice it was uh, yeah so there's there's a whole and i don't recommend everyone does that that's you know my husband said to me you, you're going to be you you start grading mad why are you doing it? <laughs> <laughs> i said well you know things are changing <laughs> but the point being the point being that um if we if we only sit in comfort that's what we only expect and when 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 the when the tough things come along in our lives often there's only one way we'll look at things. And mm. I think what, what you're saying and what I've um, also shared is that you, we need to have a variety of things in our lives and to be able to look at them in different ways, mm -hmm. to find where the gems are, to find where our resources are, to make the connections so that we're not alone in doing them. So, mm -hmm. um, and it can feel very lonely um, in mm -hmm. what we do. Yeah, and to, I guess, to build on that is just to actually have that innate belief that anything's possible. It is, isn't you know? it? I mean, that within reason, of course. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you, I think if 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 you look at the opportunities that you can have or create in your life, then it just allows for more awareness. <laughs> and and it's that awareness that I think um, we miss quite often for ourselves and with the, and others and and probably the challenge why we have some of the challenges we do in our world that we do. Well, sometimes we get very busy um, with what we think is important, and mm. and that overrides um, overrides the real the real relationships that we we need to build yeah yeah it's, it's, it goes back to that again that thing of being able to actually just know when i'm going too busy i mean i i had that moment last week where i i just thought i've got to stop I think my, did my Wi-Fi drop out then? <laughs> it did a little bit. So if you wouldn't mind going back, I got to last week. It just coming back. Oh, yeah. Last week, I just, I a familiar sense of overwhelm and angst sort of started to rise inside of me. And um, that was a feeling that I had, you know, 
sort of around the COVID time. And I just knew that I needed to stop to just take some time out. Do you, do you have any special um, rituals now? I'm going to call them a ritual because um, mm -hmm. I, I like... I like that notion of it's it's quite sacred things that you will do during a day that mm. uh, are enabling you to actually sort of ride that roller coaster because mm. that's it's a real thing. I have a couple. I so on on waking in the morning, um, I will lay in bed and the first three to five minutes I just focus on my breathing. Yeah. Um, and I, my, my focus is I, t I double the breath out to the breath that I take in. Uh -huh. um, then at first thing in the morning, I will do um, a meditation that will go between 15 and 20 minutes. Huh? Um, and then the thing that I, I, I will do more of, but I haven't been doing with any regularity is the yoga and the exercise. So that uh -huh. unfortunately that drops away when I get busy and um, uh -huh. I need to bring that back in. It's, it's, but, yeah. it's, um, thanks for being so honest, because I think what you're, that's the reality. Things do drop off, don't they? You, you, get, you go, what can I do today? What can I, um, and I know, I know very well that if I'm up early to have a walk or to get to the gym, um, because I actually quite like, when you work by yourself, I quite like to have a community or, or a group or to see some faces that'll say mm. hello to you in the morning. You don't have to have a hugely intense conversation, but it's it's nice to be part of something. And I realised that when I went to work for myself, I thought, you of all people are going to need a bit of a community because after, after working somewhere for 23 years, you'd walk in and people would say, oh, how, are the, how did so-and-so go this week? Or, um, you know, how was the traffic getting across the city? Just little mm -hmm. things that, that you settled in and you got used to, to as a welcome, as, a, as an acknowledgement um, yep. and awareness that you weren't invisible. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's one of the things, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I think also, you know, I, because we do a lot of this kind of work, you and I, and and many of people that we know out there, you know, I have, we're often often talking to people about self care, self awareness, self compassion, um, and I'm, for a big part of my life, particularly when I was <laughs> studying naturopathy and nutrition and you know physical, I'd be saying to people, you know, just do as I say, not as I do, <laughs> and then I just realised that actually that's the biggest contradiction possible, and I cannot possibly <laughs> do that. So, um, yeah, self care and self compassion is is very much at the forefront of my mm -hmm. my my beliefs now because it, you know. I can't ask from others what I'm not prepared to try myself. Well, that's our authenticity, isn't it? You know, mm. how, how do we show up that is genuine mm. in, uh, in in what we do? Yeah. Mm. I usually ask um, uh, my guests, what puts a smile on their face most mornings? Now, you've given us an idea of your daily routine or that early morning mm -hmm. routine. Is there something else that might put that smile on your face? Um, my husband. Yeah, our partnerships, uh, yeah. our relationships. Yeah. I am. Um, I. I am so grateful every day that I wake up next to somebody who I, I 
who makes me makes me laugh, loves me unconditionally, <laughs> um, and and I walk out and I see you know, photographs of the you know, two beautiful children and then the girls, you know, the mums, and you know, I'm just a I'm I'm an incredibly fortunate human being. <laughs> it's lovely, father. isn't it? Great. It's like it's a beautiful thing to. Uh, um, to actually enjoy just watching and being around them. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. We had a little bit of a, a drop-off there. Fire you at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. Um, Trevor, just um, is, there, is there a particular author, um, uh, an identity, um, um, something that's really important to you that you you look for inspiration from or has had a big impact on you in your life? Might be another person, not just. It's a very good question you ask. Um, I would say the person who's probably had the biggest impact upon my life is my father. Uh-huh. Um, he he was he taught me the things like what it what a true gentleman should be how to be respectful of um of humanity and and society um he he taught me, he, I saw through him what love was, true love was, by the way he, he was with my mother. Um, I, I, he taught me the simple things like, you know, what, the, all the elements that make up, you know, um, Little little pieces like you know where to spray aftershave on your on your body so that you people smell you as you leave the room and you know just the small little things in life that it made a big difference that probably don't mean anything but they were just things that I remember that just make me who I am today. That's a beautiful uh, way of of looking at the gift of of being respectful uh, and particularly in this time of uh, diversity and inclusion um, and a voice that's coming through around how poorly we have been treating each other. Mm. Um, uh, domestic abuse, violence, mm. uh, sexual abuse, anything like that. And I think that having role models which who are, are able to stand up and gently put their, their way of living and their way of treating others forward is very impactful. Mm. So thank you for sharing that. Mm, thank you for asking. You for it was a great that. question. So the rest of this year, how's it, how's it, tra how's it tracking? 2021, have you got something that's pretty well exciting coming up or you're looking forward to something? I am. I'm looking forward to many things this year. Um, I'm looking forward to running more health retreats because they just are... You know, I, I run them with, um, with a very good friend called Christy Little, and she's just an incredible human being. I'm looking forward to doing work with, you know, some really great leadership work in Perth with 
a friend, Jen, Sheridan. Um, I'm looking forward to just learning, growing, you know, and um, yeah, the opportunity to meet more people, have some fun. Well, you know what? I think 2021 is going to deliver all that because you're just going to make it happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm coming on one of your health retreats. I'm going to Excellent. be there. Uh, we'll probably, I think around September, you said they'll be yep. back, right? Be so good. we're, we're yep. aiming for that part of the year. Fantastic. Um, I know the work with Jen Sheridan gives you a great deal of joy. So a shout out to Jen Sheridan as well. Totally. And, um, so Trevor, if anyone of our listeners would like to know more about you or get in contact with you, mm-hmm. what what's the best contact? What would you like to let them know to use? Um, look, you can find me on LinkedIn, obviously under my name, Trevor Torrance. You can probably... probably um, my company's name is Be More, so you can find that on um, Facebook. I'm on Instagram as Trevor1806. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much... I'm not, a, I'm not alone. <laughs> we, Sorry. We, that's all right. The Wi-Fi is doing it again. So it tells me that it's time to, to wind it up. So I'll get them to cut this little bit. Um, <laughs> so I, Trevor, I have had the most beautiful conversation with you this afternoon. I really thank, thank you, you for for sharing for sharing your basically your life and work with us and uh, your vulnerabilities, but also your passion for the future and your belief in trusting yourself. And also trusting nature in in what we do. And I think at the moment, Mother Nature is giving us Mm. a really big red hot shot to take a good look at ourselves and how we interact with others. Because people are our passion. People are everywhere. And every person's thriving matters immensely. So thank you for today. On that note... um, You've given us some practical tips. So listeners, if you would like to get to know Trevor Moore, he's given you some details. They'll be in uh, in the notes as well. I'm Carrie Benedett. You'll find me on all socials. Thriving Matters and Global Leaders Thrive. And uh, I look forward to a couple of stars, perhaps a review, a little bit of love for, for Trevor and I today. <laughs> <laughs> Tune into Thriving Matters and all good podcasts. Um, and don't forget, you are precious. So please go gently, but give life a red hot shot because your thriving matters. Bye for now. Perfect. I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 